Welcome back to the ACT podcast. I'm Theo. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Isaac. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Luke. I use he, him pronouns. And today our topic is gun control and gun safety. So there's been a lot going on in the news recently with gun control. Uh, there, there was a, another school shooting, of course, and um, stuff with Alec Baldwin and trials and a bunch of stuff going on. So we thought it would be appropriate to talk about that. To cover the Alec Baldwin one, um, there is no real reason that live ammunition should have been used on set. That has not been, that should not have been allowed and it shouldn't have, it should have been banned back in 1993 when Brandon Lee was shot and killed on set of the crow. Yeah, I mean, the article I read from the BBC was like, Alec Baldwin is very sorry. I was like, okay, good, but he still killed someone. Like, this is still a manslaughter <laughs> thing we got going on. Well, then again, he's not in charge of the prop guns. The firearm specialist that should have been taking care of it walked off set. Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, uh, the guilt he must be feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, like, he, he feels, like, horrible. I read something about it. Yeah, I, I was reading that he was crying, um, like, bawling his eyes out when it happened um i it's just sad i mean it's not his fault but i think legally he is probably it's probably gonna end up being on him yeah which sucks because it's like no different than like a parent allows a kid to drive a car it's not on the kid the kid doesn't know any better you know mm -hmm. uh but the after this happened california um senator dave cortese said he would uh, push a ban to on live ammunition, live ammunition on film sets and increased regulation laws. Yeah. So, uh, one of my biggest questions was why did they have live ammunition in the first place? Because yeah. oftentimes, uh, one, there's not; it's just props. Or two, they use blanks. Um, well, um, they were shooting a western and. So the um, weapons often are barreled, and for realism in movies, when it's a close-up of a firearm, they will put live ammunition into the gun, um, even though they shouldn't be doing that because it's not safe. Um, that's what um, that will, that's what leads to most of these incidents is the gun is not checked properly. There could be a stray bullet lodged in the barrel um, or in the um, chamber um, and it results in uh, it could result in someone's death or injury yeah and I had also um, I was doing some background research and I also seen that a lot of times on movie sets when they're using guns like real guns they file down the pin so that way tragedies like this can't happen but was the pin filed down on the it doesn't work all the time doesn't work um, that they um i'm going to bring back this example um so the crow when brandon lee was shot and killed the gun they were using the revolver they had the firing pin fire filed down but um it still ended up firing it still ended up discharging um causing brandon lee's death it doesn't always just stop the firing in general well i my two biggest questions were like okay yeah, why was live ammunition on the set? Also, why they 
the closest thing to regulations is like a, a pamphlet or like a book set out by like I don't know professional firearms people um, with suggestions for safety reasons. Uh, they suggest using um, perplex perspex between the cameraman and all other staff and the person firing, even if they're blanks, because blanks can kill people as well. Um, and also they recommend that the person managing the firearms be like um, the, the prop manager for these firearms should check before and after each scene to make sure the right type of ammunition is in there and everything. So there, there shouldn't have been live ammunition near, especially like the, that should be not near anywhere where they could accidentally grab it. Well, yes, and um, usually they bring in a firearms expert um, to check the guns because um, they should not just leave that to like the prop master because they don't always know what they're looking for, especially if they're not trained to. Yeah, so on set, did they have somebody who checked the prop? They or... did. She walked off set. She just left. And oh. then um, in the court case, um, it was brought up. She claimed it was sabotage to try um, to help her defense, but it's not because um, she was not doing her job in checking the guns. Um, so if it was sabotage, it led um, that led up to someone being able to do that. But even even though she left, they shouldn't have continued without having a proper professional. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That seems to happen a lot in these cases. Is the firearm specialist is either sent home early or they just walk off and then they just leave it to the prop master or they don't check the gun at all and then just go to the next scene without it. Yeah. I mean, as far as legal action in this case, uh, U.S. government doesn't regulate guns on sets uh, or live ammunition on sets. There was a petition to the government for uh, more regulations on prop guns and uh, obviously what's going on with uh, David Cortese in California. That petition, um, that was something like that was started back in the 90s. And uh, that's like the last time something big like that has happened on a movie set. And it was supposed to be solved then. But it being brought back up now, it's, um, it's seen that it was just thrown under the rug and no one took a, uh, cared to take a look at these um, serious issues. Yeah, I mean, I think that happens a lot in the U.S. government, but uh, that's besides the point. So, um, so how do you think these um, we could solve these kind of problems with gun control laws? Should we like ban like um, anybody from buying them, or should like well, what should be the first um, step? I think it comes down to a few things. Number one, just gun control in general, but also realistically, that's not going to happen in the U.S. government. Um, but like, I think then it comes down to higher regulations. So not only should you be required to have a professional arms master, but you should be required. They have to be on set for it. And then the like limiting live ammunition and having only the actors on set with barriers between anyone else and or just not having live ammunition on sets at all yeah and with um like no one notices those type of 
types of things, so I don't see why they're endangering people with putting live ammunition inside of a gun to begin with. Yeah, I agree. So one of um, the biggest um, arguments that people use against gun control laws is that um, gun control laws, guns are used for self-defense, right? They, they claim that you can use them for self-defense. Um, but according to Procon.com, of the 29 million violent crimes committed between 2007 and 2011, 0.79% of victims protected themselves with a threat of use or use of a firearm. So... I think there are a lot of claims in the government that go on to avoid legal actions. So, like, having one for self-protection and then the statistics not actually showing that people really use them for protection. Yeah. Or, like, the only scenario where I see, like, it might be a thing you need to have consistently is if you work on, like, a ranch and you have, like, mountain lions or something going and, like, attacking your cattle. But, you know, that's a different situation entirely. And, like, similarly... Uh, like cults are able to claim religion in order to avoid taxes and avoid conviction from the U.S. government. So there's a lot of things where people are like, oh, well, this thing, even though that's not really true, and no one really looks into the truth behind it. There's also the argument that guns don't people don't kill people, people kill people. That is thrown around a lot against um, gun control laws and gun control in general. Yeah, and recently what has happened um, with the Oxford high school shooting, uh, can I just start off by saying it's a tragedy what happened. Um, uh, I'm sending my condolences to the victim's family. Um, but how can, so the shooter uh, at the Oxford high school had easy access to a firearm. Being a 15 year old. Yeah. So one of the biggest problems is trying to teach parents that, one, they shouldn't allow um, their kids to have easy access to firearms. There are uh, laws in certain states where they require, if you have children, that your guns must be locked up in a cabinet. But I don't really see how one could enforce that in a preventative way. Yeah, it's really like, it's ordered, but you can't technically enforce it very well. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to education, mental health resources. Like in order to get to the parents, you have to start early so that people who then become parents have the education to make the right decisions in the safety of children. Yeah. And um, it's also been thrown around, um, like that banning high capacity magazines can reduce uh, gun violence. Here in Colorado, we do have laws that um, uh, limits high capacity magazines. Do you mm -hmm. guys think that those are efficient or work very well? Well, we had at one point, I don't know if it's still around, the red flag law, I think it's still there, um, where if, if someone has a firearm and they are, uh, they have like 
some sort of mental health issue going on that would cause them to be dangerous with the weapon to themselves or others, it can be taken away by law, which obviously leads to like a lot of bias and discrimination. However, it is a regulation that can help in certain situations. Yeah, definitely better background checks for those sort of things before someone acquires a firearm should be put into place. Especially like gun shows. Yeah. I think gun shows should not be allowed to be a thing because they don't check. They don't card. They don't card. They don't check for a license. They don't do anything. Often. It, they do, if it, I guess they do do it when it, like someone very much under legal age is owning a firearm, but they don't do it that often, even in that case. Yeah. Um, also, uh, another thing that many people have claimed is uh, the Second Amendment allows the right to own guns. But actually, after some further research, the Second Amendment was created because uh, back a long time ago, um, our mi- military was mostly just the people, right? Now we have one of the biggest militaries in the world. Yeah, so it was originally created just to say, like, if there was ever an attack that the people have their own guns, the people will become the military. And yeah. they have a right to defend themselves in that case. Yeah, but but we even now, like, they don't require you if you go into um, the military or law enforcement, you don't use your own personal firearm. They give you a government-mandated firearm to use in those professions. Yeah, so... Yeah, so back when um, the country was first being formed, we didn't really have like a um, uh, official military. We had small militias. Yeah, we had small militias. And that's why they gave them the right to own firearms. And also, it's the Constitution, and we've already made amendments. They can, they're always open to change. That's the point of having it, the ability to amend the document. And so, you know, we changed a lot of the, like, there was, like, in the Constitution and in all of these documents, there was, like, the, the three-fifths law counting slaves, and that was changed with another amendment. Like, mm-hmm. we have this ability to change it. It's not this set-in-stone thing. Our country changes. Our people's needs change. Safety issues change. To steer back to the Oxford shooting, I want to know why the parents fled after this because they claim that they were being threatened but they had given the child a firearm beforehand um and then don't and then run after he commits a terrorist act um and then they are communicating through a lawyer trying to get charges on them reduced which reduced which i think they should be charged to an extent, they did provide the weapon for the child to use during the shooting. Yeah, it's it's similar to how like you can be arrested for serving alcohol to someone under twenty one, like you are allowing them to do these things knowing it's not right. Yeah. So um, another thing was another sad thing is that the Oxford high school shooting could have been preventable. Um, they had called uh, the shooter down to the office to meet with the parents too. The parents didn't want to take him home. They um, chose to send him back to class. 
um, there were many signs, different ways that um, could have been picked up on, but it was just ignored, basically. That's a major problem with these types of things is because no, uh, no one pays attention to the signs. Um, it's seen quite um, in most mass shooting cases, like the 1999 Columbine massacre. It was shown that um, these two kids were had firearms and were writing about these things in their journals and and the basement tapes. There's a yeah. whole collection of tapes uh, of them planning and talking about like these giant mass killings and um, even. Um, one of the shooters, I don't want to say their names, I don't want to give them that attention, had a website where he was talking about shooting up Columbine High School. And even the uh, a warrant was drawn up by the, I think Columbine is based in Loveland um, police, and, but the district attorney turned it down stating there was no um, evidence. Uh, there was no real need to uh, search uh, the more violent of the two's house and go through his computer, his journals, and all sorts of things. I mean, this is seen a lot, I guess, in schools, especially like teachers and anyone working with children, basically. They're mandatory reporters. And okay, great, we're increasing the reports, but are we actually increasing what's done about it? Like, the systems themselves that deal with this stuff aren't always great. Um, like the police aren't always great about actually responding to emergencies. CPS isn't always great about taking people out of abusive situations. Like we can manage, we can, you can be mandatory reporter. You can report the things that need to be reported. But the issue isn't necessarily with reporting them, but it's actually noticing and acknowledging them and fixing them and not just. Not just um, throwing it on another person's desk, waiting for them to pick it up. Yeah. So maybe if there was a way to educate people to uh, take these signs more seriously, um, it, they're ignored. You know, there's so many different signs that can be picked up on, but they're ignored or they're not taken seriously enough. That might also be because of the way the media handles these things. They don't take into account um, that some of the information they're spreading could be wrong. And a lot of the times, the information they are spreading is very wrong. Yeah, like the the allegations that the two shooters at Columbine were bullied. They weren't bullied. They weren't part of the trench coat mafia. They weren't Marilyn. They tried to use Marilyn Manson as a scapegoat, and then they tried to blame uh, uh, violent video games as a scapegoat because they did not want to take in the time to do the research, and because. These reports were coming in from so many different students at the time, uh, like because they were doing news right when it was happening and right after uh, Column the massacre was over with, um, and they weren't taking the time to check get reports straight. They were just putting it on the news. They were they cared about ratings. Well, I think two things about that. Um, first of all, I think that reporters on scenes of that, particularly schools, should not be able to come on campus, yeah. especially after something so traumatizing. We had reporters on campus after um, here at North Glen, there, someone brought a gun two years ago. I remember like I left through the far front of the building and there were all of these reporters and we just went through something insanely stressful, all of us. And 
we were in lockdown for like three or four hours. And then we, we leave and we're swarmed with reporters asking us to talk about it. And immediately after, you, you just like need to get away from the trauma. Like it's not, I don't think reporters should be allowed on school They shouldn't property. be allowed near those scenes, period. Like any crime scene, they shouldn't be allowed near it because they are trying to up their ratings. That's what they care about. They don't care about what these people have just been through. They're exploiting the vulnerable. Yeah, so basically media gives no consideration to any trauma at all. As long as they're profiting of, off of these things, they don't care. Yeah. Um, another thing is that um, there's so many uh, different ways that people acquire guns illegally and it's like not really brought up on um more than 30 percent of guns found or handed over to police at crime scenes are legally owned so like if there's all these different ways that people are acquiring uh firearms shouldn't we be focusing more on that shouldn't we be monitoring those kinds of channels that the, they go through more yeah shouldn't it, instead of trying to regulate people who have guns so much and whatever maybe we should be regulating how people get them and and looking into those illegal ways because they i mean 30 percent that's a large number mm -hmm. uh it's like these people it, it feels like the police aren't really investigating or trying to get down to that especially with these like big conventions like gun shows where all of this illegal acquiring of guns that's where you know the the columbine shooters got their gun was at a gun show that where they weren't they didn't look for a license they weren't carded um you know we should look into those things and regulate those things more carefully as opposed to just like oh well we're going to do this thing about people who do own guns well that only regulates those who have them legally and there's 30% that's illegally. Yeah, and things like um, like government agencies like the Bureau or the CIA uh, should be, it's hard to have like a normal police force to be doing these things because they don't have the means within their area. So like places, um, the services like the FBI or CIA should be watching this more carefully because they have the means and they have like to pick up on that kind of chatter, like if someone's obtaining a gun illegally. Well, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they know. Like, I mean, we know, like, Big Brother is a real thing. Yeah. The government's watching. They know what you're doing. Um, I saw a documentary that had, like, people who make threats to the president on phone calls. They send all recordings of those phone calls to the Secret Service. And then they're at their door like that. Yeah. So... There are these huge things like they, they have to know that people are obtaining these guns illegally. And I'm curious why they don't do that. It, to me, it feels like they don't want to reveal that they're they're watching all of us through tech. But like even though it's already been exposed, it's already been exposed. <laughs> and also like. But it's safety, though, like I'd rather be assured that people are actually controlling guns and not allowing, you know, people who are planning to go and shoot up a school to have the means to do it as opposed to them monitoring us. They've also said nothing since the Patriot Act was brought into the public light after those documents were leaked by Edward Snowden. They haven't really commented on it to my knowledge or brought 
they haven't like quelled any like people's um, maybe people are misunderstanding what they're monitoring, uh, but they haven't really commented on it at all. They've just sort of ignored it or said no, this isn't real. Ignore uh, what this insane person is saying. Yeah, for sure. I think like the FBI and CIA like have the means to do to to monitor these illegal things way more. Uh, they have more like monitoring technology, and this is like literally their job is to spy on people and make sure that illegal things aren't happening. Whereas the police aren't really there for that. Yeah, they are not read into things like this. Um, often, local law enforcement is left out of federal investigations if it comes into their territory they're not read into anything and i understand if you need like top secret clearance like like be read into onto something you're not going to read in a sheriff's department on that but if you're not there needs to be communication within all fields but law enforcement especially because um without it tragedies happen yeah and without just like basic factual communication on these events and how they can be prevented and why they happen needs to be spread too because the news like they're they're you know they're exploiting the vulnerable they are they are you know capitalizing on tragedy and like i understand that as like a big company that is at the end of the day their job but at the same time there are other places where news is more closely monitored that it's it remains more factual because the issue with keeping news entirely free is that there's a bunch of fake news, there's a bunch of false allegations. And in situations where it is a tragedy, people can't prevent it or or do anything about it or are less likely to because the information that's spread is, oh, this happened because of bullying. Oh, this happened because they were in the trench coat mafia. Oh, this happened because this. And those things weren't all true, you know? And uh, so so it spreads all these wrong ideas about how to prevent these things when really what really happened needs to be presented. But then again, we might also not know what really happened, like with Colin and Sandy Hook. We don't know what spearheaded this. It's um, theorized with Colin that because one of the shooters just he was clinically insane. He was a psychopath. Um, it's been looked in by specialists. He was a psychopath and he was a danger to others. Um, he hated everyone for no reason. He just wanted to kill the world. Um, so, um, and it took coercion of the other shooter um, to have him take, take place in it. And no one really covers that. It's always just oh, they were bullied or they were part of the trench coat mafia because that's what, because no one really looks into these things because they want to sell the story. I think what's more pathetic is how quick media is and how people are to try to downput what these people did. Like they're so quick to jump to, oh, he was bullied or, oh, mental health or, oh, um, trench coat mafia instead of actually like, hey, he killed people, you know? Yeah, they don't bring up the fact that what they did was a horrible act they try to downplay what they did they try to make them the victim mm-hmm. paint them as the victim so they try to get their ankle push 
Yeah, and uh, I didn't know if you guys seen this or not, but um, with the Oxford High School shooter, uh, a lot of uh, media sources, instead of using like his mugshot, they were putting pictures of the shooter from sixth grade praying. Um, yeah, I, oh my God. I did see that. Yeah. But also when those first came out, those were the only pictures like available of the shooter. When the mugshot came out, even though media still isn't using it, which they should be. They um, should have had more recent photos. Yeah. Well, yearbook yeah. photos. Like. Yeah, there were school photos. There were photos with um, him, uh, like, fishing and stuff. There were so many other photos, but they tried to make you feel for the person who just killed. Yeah. They're trying to downplay what he did. Like, it's trying to make it seem like it's not a big deal. Yeah, and I... I... I don't want to downplay what they did, yeah. but I think it, a lot of it comes back to mental health and that the mm -hmm. system doesn't recognize that. There were signs that he was a psychopath from childhood in the Columbine shooting, and no one recognized that. Teachers, you know, I'm sure noticed the signs, but maybe they didn't know that that was a thing. So it comes down to mental health, mandatory reporters, and all that. Yeah, so it just all kind of ties back together with the signs being ignored. So um, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was verdict was released recently, where they found him innocent of manslaughter. Yeah. So one, uh, starting off, do you guys know how he got access to the gun he used? I don't know exactly how. I've read things, but it's all been different reports. So. Oh. I've read that the the parents were being investigated. So was it, did it belong to his parents or? Oh, I had to have. Yeah. And then um, didn't he drive across state lines with um, the firearm just to go to the protests? I think he might have. Um, I definitely read something about that in an article. That makes it a federal crime. Yeah. And it's really stupid why he got off because the prosecution did not fact check their things. They um, they used like the fact that he they claimed that he was like chasing the victims when um, video evidence shows that's not really true. Um, and they kept that in their opening statement, which just threw their case out the window. It's because they weren't checking anything. Um, they weren't they weren't fact checking and they weren't changing their statements. That again goes back to problems with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And didn't he change his story like twice? Didn't he say he was uh, protecting a, a friend's business? And then video shows that he was trying to like help people. One, he's not a licensed EMT, which I find ironic. I don't know what he, he thinks he's doing helping people like if they're injured. Or even like CPR certified or anything. Yeah, like I think he's just more changing his story. He's trying to get off. He does not want to be... Yeah. imprisoned so he's changing his story um to either try to make himself seem more innocent or like less guilty because those are two different things because you can seem less guilty but the prosecution uh the evidence will show you like not innocent i guess I don't know yeah like people will will testify in self-defense cases um to like lessen their sentence that's like a less guilty thing as opposed to not guilty. I think I think he's guilty. I mean, obviously. 
I, I personally do think he's guilty. I do as well. I do not think um, the prosecution did their job properly. Oh, because there, there's literal video evidence that he killed people. And one, uh, the video evidence after he shot the first person, they all started to turn around and run. Why did he keep shooting? Yeah. Why? It's like, that's kind of proves there that it wasn't really self-defense. I mean, if there's nobody like targeting him anymore, it, he just kept he just firing. Yeah, exactly. So like it, it no longer is self-defense when you are going past the point where it was necessary. And yeah. He argued that he didn't really know what he was doing and that he was terrified. And sure, I get being scared in that situation, but that does not give you a right to take a human life. No. And, and I think anyone who takes a human life should be guilty. Like even, you know, if you accidentally hit a pedestrian who ran out into your way, even if they were suicidal and did that intentionally, like you are still guilty of manslaughter. Well, it's um, the term for that is accidental manslaughter. When they, yeah. um, and it's like when someone tries to commit suicide by cop is when they uh, like attack a cop so they're killed. Um, it's kind of hard to do those cases because one party seems very guilty for that for like put putting um like the cop in that situation to have to like fire upon them um but then again they killed someone um so it's kind of hard to like i guess get the facts straight on those cases and to view them correctly yeah when you said um people said oh he was scared he didn't know what he's doing that kind of reminded me of that one case where uh, that police officer said, uh, taser, taser, trying to oh, yeah. uh, grab the oh, taser gosh, and then, yeah. um, shot the person. Which I feel uh, like, I feel like, come you on, went man. through training, like, yeah. you should know that. And in the video, there was more than enough time for them to realize you that don't even, they weren't holding the yeah, taser. You don't hold them the same way. You don't shoot them the same way. The you weight is different. Yeah, the weight is different. The way you aim it is different. The material, the material, it's made out of different. It's on different. like it's I. Oops. Like yeah, like they're they're basically said like oops, drop the ball on that one when a human's life was taken, you know. Yeah. That one kind of made me mad. <laughs> yes. Well, I think cops should be t- trained not to immediately go to a gun unless the other person has a gun. You don't need a gun. Yeah. And a so, taser does just fine. Yeah. And one, the gun is on a complete different yeah. side of your body than the taser. So that officer obviously kind of knew what they were doing. And when you're trained to be an officer, like especially with guns, you are you are put through so much training so that your muscle memory takes you where you need to go and yeah. you grab it, right? And so not only should she have known what side it was on, she should she should have known like that she was going to grab something in a different way. Yeah, and uh, one point is that tasers, uh, police issue tasers, they have a a button that you have to press to like activate it and then pull the trigger for it to uh, fire, right? And those are stronger than tasers provided to a pop-up. Those will put a force down. Yeah, and the fact that she should have known, one, that she was holding a gun because she one she didn't press that button to activate it like she I mean, know, you know, like, safety was on. she just thought that 
It might have been that, but then still, a safety is more of a switch, not a button. Also, police hold guns with two hands. But the gun she was using had a trigger safety, which means to it has a safety on the trigger, so you just squeeze the... That's a dumb mechanism. Uh, it's very common among uh, Glocks, but they have a trigger safety, where it's like a little lever on the trigger that you have to pull that before pulling the trigger fully back. So it's like a very... Um, irresponsible and dumb mechanism but just that she should have known that she was holding a taser instead of a gun unless someone is either holding someone like hostage and has like a gun to their head or attacking you or someone else in some way to where it will possibly kill the person you should not have your firearm drawn no at a scene and it's interesting to me that like that's always seems to be the case, that they immediately draw guns on people. If you are, you know, people who get pulled over for speeding a bunch, right, and they pull you out onto the street and whatever, like, why are they holding a gun at your back? Well, the reason It would be an equal threat to have a taser at your back, like... Well, the reason um, when they're pulling someone over is because they're taught that um, in highway stop, like, in speeding ticket stop, cops have been gunned down numerous times in those occasions, so they're told to keep their hand on their gun and taser in that situation until they know that the person inside the car is not a threat. Well, if they pulled you out of the car, it should be relatively easy if your hands are up. Like, they should still, shouldn't still still have a gun at your back. I guess, yeah, that's fair. Even, like, just cuffing the person at that time would suffice. Yeah. Yeah, but like you said, there's been numeral times, but there's the odds are more in favor of a safe traffic stop. I mean, there's been yeah. so many more times where there's been a safe traffic stop so why should they be so paranoid if the odds are in their favor of safety? Or even the guy who was like, why do you need me to get out of the car? Yeah. And then he was shot. He didn't have a gun. He wasn't a threat. He didn't show threats. He was asking. He was asking, which is his right. Yeah, he is asking. He, he, you know, you have the right, like when you're pulled over to say, no, I want a lawyer, even if they ask for a breathalyzer test. Yeah. You are. The, you have the right to deny a breathalyzer test. You have the right to like, you know, obviously you have to listen to an officer in this kind of situation, but you're allowed to ask why. Yeah. So there was a case um, here back in Colorado a long time ago. Uh, an intoxicated man was sitting outside of a closed bar. He was waiting for um, a taxi, right? And the cops showed up and they asked him what he was doing here. He said, I'm waiting for my cab to arrive. And uh, he refused to be detained, right? Because he's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And they ended up like beating him. Um, I think he actually sued the department and won. But like, just the fact that uh, police let the power go to their head or they're quick to. Um, they're quick to respond with force. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, and they didn't have probable cause. Yeah. Like, I think they. they, they as a police officer, you should know probable cause, and you should, in depth, know that someone being drunk is not probable cause. At this point, I feel like the cops are just bored. They just want excitement because they should have known, like, they know their training. They know what there's, I hope they know. I mean, I hope they would know, but they should know what a probable cause is to stop someone and detain them. Well, and they, you know, it's, I know there are good cops out there who do good. The problem is the bad outweighs the good. Even if there are more good cops, let's suppose there are more good cops than bad cops. 
the fact that there are there there's enough bad cops yeah. for the whole department to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And I get like police or federal agents being wary of someone suspicious and like uh, taking safety precautions during that, but immediately resort to, uh, like going to force is not okay unless there are clear signs that someone is about to like I don't know reach for a gun. You don't go to force immediately. Oh yeah. And if, if you're going to have your hand on something, have your hand on a taser. Your hand should not immediately go to your gun. It's like they're bloodthirsty at that point. If I, if the I, cop's hand immediately goes to their gun, then they should know that there's something like wrong with them. And like, I think they're taught to be wary of people almost too much. Mm-hmm. I guess that's fair, but also like federal agents aren't required to carry tasers. They aren't issued tasers. They are issued a standard like sidearm and that that's all they're given. So they should be given a taser. I guess the nature of the nature of things is they have to resort to force to are usually um, like well, yeah. they need to go for a gun. And one tying back to the gun control laws if there were gun control laws, then the police wouldn't need to be suspicious of a suspect having a firearm. Exactly. You know? So it's you, like... Like, it would be such a less common thing for someone to have a firearm if, if it's harder to get one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, all these people saying, like, oh, I'm anti-gun control, but that cop is innocent because he thought I saw a gun. They're kind of contradicting themselves, yeah. right? Like... Shouldn't there be gun control so the cop doesn't need to be so suspicious yeah. that there's someone has a gun? It's, it's definitely an issue here. Like, do that, like, do what Britain does and just outlaw all firearms in general and, like, not even give them to the police. But that also causes a severe issue. That's true. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think they should be outlawed. I do think they should be controlled. They should be controlled because there are pros that come with it you can um if someone is even though self-defense cases with firearms are fairly low they still happen and it could mean life or death for someone in a self-defense case i think even even joking i think it should be taken very seriously and by law if someone frequently jokes about like threatening threatening people it should be taken away that should be a red flag like there are people in my family who are frequently like, well, liberals and like, I'm just going to shoot them with my gun. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to have a gun, even if you're joking. If that's what you your mind does immediately is to resorting to violence and firing upon someone because they disagree with you. That shows you are not in a stable enough position to own a gun. Exactly. Um, like when people joke about suicide, you are not in a stable enough position to like not have resources. Yeah, I agree with you, Theo. I don't think they should be outlawed. But even the smallest bits of gun control actually make a difference. Yeah. Like, even when Colorado uh, uh, banned high-capacity magazines, it lo- it lowered the amount of our mass shootings. It's just the smallest details can make big changes. For sure. And it's like, I think heavy assault weapons should not be legal. Oh, yeah. Um, Banning yeah. machine guns makes a huge difference. Domestically, they should not be allowed. Mass shootings with large magazines, automatic rifles, all of that should not be 
allowed because, okay, you need to protect yourself. Say, like I said earlier, you live on a ranch and there are mountain lions attacking and they're like a threat to you as a person or to your dogs or to your cattle or whatever. Okay, fine. You don't need a shotgun. Yeah. Well, you don't, or an automatic rifle to do you that. You don't need an automatic like automatic rifle. I can see but, why you shouldn't have them in those cases. But also, small arms fire, depending on the caliber of the weapon, will not stop something like a mountain lion. Um, even like the smallest caliber, even the smallest caliber can stop something like a mountain lion if you just hit him in the right place. You know, I guess if you it hit just... him in the right place and you hit him enough times, yes. But like. Even well, and, and it subdues them. The thing yeah. is, like, protecting yourself isn't always, like, the ability to kill. Yeah. And I think we're, we always jump to that, like, but the ability to subdue someone, you know? Someone breaks into your house, a taser will subdue them. Yeah. So let's say, like, there is someone who works on a ranch, right? Let's say there's a mountain lion coming to attack their cattle. Let's say they shoot them with the smallest caliber. That mountain lion will run away and eventually um, die from losing... A lot of a lot of blood you know or at least stop attacking the cattle he is now subdued enough that he's not going to be able to run quickly yeah so like it's like you don't even need a big caliber gun just to stop uh threats like that i guess that's fair yeah and another big problem is conceal carry conceal carry oh, that is, terrifies yeah me. it's because you never know like when your life is in danger you walk out in public and you're like fearing for your own life, you know? And I mean, especially like, I think all of us here are either like queer or a minority of some sort that's oppressed. So it's terrified mm-hmm. when some big old white Republican man gives you the death stare. You're like, I know you have a, you might have a gun on you. And like, that's really scary to me. Yeah. And open carry states are just as, as terrifying because then they start waving around at you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to uh, Texas uh, earlier this year. We went down uh to the Alamo, there were some QAnon people over there ranting, but they literally had like um, fully automatic rifles in their arms, like out in the open, and it's scary. Oh you yeah, know? it's like I mean, like I have trauma with like my neighbors being shot and stuff when I was like eight and home alone. So I like just seeing a gun is like oh god, and also I think concealed carry. I've heard people make the argument that that one Walmart shooting here in Colorado, uh, the it was the person was stopped by someone with a concealed carry. Well, if guns were regulated, and there were more regulations, the likelihood of someone needing to be stopped with a gun would be less. Like, yeah, and Walmart still continues to sell rifles. And again, um, another like they're so easy to access. I don't yeah. think stores like that should be allowed to sell those type of things. Yeah, no. what does a grocery store need to sell ammunition and a rifle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't know. I think you should be heavily licensed to be able to sell them. I think there should be heavy, heavy re- regulations on licensing and uh, ID checks and age restrictions and mental health checks and, like, yeah, and red another... flag laws. Another argument that's fond to people is like, oh, but if they're going to take away our guns, nobody's like necessarily going to take away all their guns. And um, another argument is that people say they like to go hunting or uh, for sports. You don't need 
a fully automatic rifle to go hunting. You don't you know? need an automatic weapon that is used by the military in those situations. Those things should not be allowed domestically. Exactly. Yeah. Like tanks aren't allowed domestically, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it interesting. I, I see the need for hunting. And I think, it, like I said, I, I'm not for like taking away all the guns and banning them all and whatever. I think, you know, just, just making it harder for people to get them. I'm, I'm not saying like yeah. only taking, if you, Okay, if you're concerned about them taking away your guns, that means you are doing something that would justify the need for that. Like if you like they're plotting on something. If you are mentally stable, if you are licensed and you know and not violent and not a threat, they're not going to take your guns away. You shouldn't be afraid. Like I'm not afraid of Big Brother because I'm not doing anything that justifies them doing anything against me. I'm not afraid. It's like people bring up, oh, they're going to take it away. No, they're trying to regulate it. They're yeah, trying yeah. to make sure that things like um, Oxford or Columbine don't happen anymore. Well, it's like regulating, like, you know, requiring seatbelts. They're not going to take away your car because you have to wear a seatbelt. They're not going to take no. away your car uh, or your license because you have to be 16 to get a license. Well, if you're like 30, they're not going to take away your license because they regulated it. Yeah, it's um I agree with you. Um I I do go hunting, uh but I I can understand that you don't need like no fully automatic rifle to go hunting. And it's um it's just it all kind of ties back to media too. Like if somebody thinks that they're going to take away all their guns, one, if you're paranoid of that, you're probably plotting something. That should be a sign to pick up on. And two, you can't change their mind either. Even when you try to show them proof that nobody's going to take away their guns. They don't want to listen. Yeah, they don't want to listen. They don't want to believe you. It's my way or the highway. I hate Fox News. I'm only saying this because so many times at dinner, my family has been like, so I heard on Fox News that the (laughs) liberals are going to do this. It's with Fox News and CNN. CNN, yeah. They're both like so far left and right. You can't really get anything they're gonna say. I I like um, USA Today is usually pretty good. Uh, there's like, I don't know. I I um, I listen to their Five Things podcast, and they'll bring up something legally, and they'll say like, okay, well the Democrats argue this, and the Republicans argue this. So it's it's pretty like even though they're the relatively left leaning, they they also are like presenting both sides with less bias than like CNN or Fox. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, if you watch Fox news, if you're in the right mind space, you, you could just pick up on all the like racism, uh, homophobia, transphobia. It's there. It's, uh, it's so there, but nobody will like take account to it. Yeah. You know, I mean like USA today did for transgender awareness or awareness day remembrance day uh they did like a little segment on i mean like trans violence and like a moment of silence and um they had an actual queer person talking about it which i i found it interesting that like to to like fox news just the existence of people is wrong like all of that like yeah according if you're um a democrat to fox news you're a communist yeah if you're um to cnn if you're a republican you're a nazi yeah that's their arguments it's it's a lot it's like uh, or like i've heard a lot in my among my my crowd my family uh that like like oh my god the democrats like want socialism and yeah like 
all of these policies that they, they use a lot are, uh, are, are socialist policies. Uh, like, you know, social security, that's a social socialist policy. Taxes, <laughs> it's so that's easy a socialist make... policy. Giving taxes to schools, that's a socialist policy. You know, it, like... It's so easy to make them mad. So I remember one time there was a post saying that uh, college should be free, right? And um, some guy had commented, oh, communist. And I responded, I said, do you think elementary school should be free? He said, yeah, I call him a communist. And then he got so mad. You know, it's just like... And um, a great like example of free media is the Howard Stern show. Like when something goes on in the world and like he sees it, he comments on it. He he'll um, take like a stand, um, whether it's um, like good or bad. Like I guess the best example of this was when 9/11 happened. They saw it from the where Howard Stern's offices are held, and he was on the radio, and like he. He does not need to have a filter because he runs his own show and he is allowed to um say like like he even brings up facts a lot too yeah he brings up unbiased facts to show like that this has happened and it needs to be changed yeah Yeah. i i don't know i find it interesting especially i mean we're talking a lot about like the the right on uh, but like it's they always assume and i we're here especially on gun control we're more left-leaning and i feel like you know we have our things we're like yeah we're not gonna like compromise on like you know rights of human beings and it's interesting to me that they're like we're not gonna compromise on guns okay they're they're not even listening to like they don't even look as statistics they just yeah they want what they want and they will not hear anybody on it and there are definitely far left people who are like that yeah but in some of those things i think it's justified to not want to move on it like i am not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and let you tell me why i don't deserve to pee in public yeah there's definitely far left and far right but what they're like not moving on is totally different yeah like the rights of humans and why I can't have a semi-automatic rifle. Yeah. Yeah, another um, argument is that, oh, but if you, gun gun control won't limit uh, the amount of murders as much as you think, but uh, guns are accountable for 67.7% of all homicide deaths. So, like, it's, it will, like, as well, I was saying. Even, like, okay, I don't know the difference between degrees of murder but the types that like aren't plotted and they're in the moment guns make that way easier you have to be way more violent and way more like ill-intended ill-intentioned uh to strangle someone to stab someone it takes a lot longer and so it's it's, most of those are planned out most homicides that involve a gun are not premeditated they just occur because someone's pissed off even with planned out murders though guns are still literally like the main yeah yeah um, and so so like just it's way easier and i think that's that's why you know homicide rates are kind of high is it is way easier to just shoot someone it's a quick decision you don't have to plan it out you don't have to be super violent about it you don't have to be okay with with this like gruesome act Mm -hmm. you just have to do it yeah it's just it 
guns make it way too easy to take somebody's life. It, so maybe we will see a change in gun control laws soon, or maybe nothing won't happen for like another 30 years. But I guess I have a question, and I want to know your guys' thoughts on it. Do you guys think that things like movies or video games uh, cause the rates of violence to go up when it's depicted on screen? No. Um. Yeah, I don't ag- agree with that. So when the Walmart shooting happened here in Colorado, everybody blamed video games. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's these violent video games. And Walmart stopped selling uh, violent video games for a while. Then, when they should have just stopped selling guns. Yeah. Well, there's that. And then also, like, violent video games are a great way to take out anger. Yeah. yeah. Like, mental health professionals are like, okay, well, if, you're, if you want to shoot something. Thing. Like, I read something about... Um, Someone was protesting, I don't remember what it was, it might have been GTA, and then like a mental, like like a psychologist comes in and goes, no, these are good to relieve stress and make sure people do not commit violent acts. Right. It's the same thing with horror movies. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, violent video games are a good way to take out um, anger. Yeah. Well, we have discussed our thoughts quite a bit on gun control here and uh, also some recent happenings with gun violence uh, we hope you will join us next time i'm theo i'm isaac i'm luke we'll see you next time